listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. I really invite you and hope that you will uh, pay close attention to the important content in today's program. You know, I have been studying and researching and writing and investigating these topics that I cover on the Paul McGuire Report literally for all my life. And the greatest single challenge that I find is is that even after you present the facts to people and the history and the knowledge and the science, they remain stuck uh, in their minds. And it's it's not that they don't have the intellectual capabilities to think about or process the stuff you're talking about. It's just that they have a deeply embedded mental block that that is embedded in their mind, their consciousness, their memories from earliest childhood. And this mental block is a form of programming, just like you would program a computer. Now, I have studied that dynamic of a mental block and embedded programming for my entire life and literally began studying and becoming aware of it when I was in third grade, and I had read the book uh, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, where he described the coming of a scientific dictatorship, a technological elite, and this scientific dictatorship would rule the population by scientific mind control that was so sophisticated that people would not even know that they were under some form of hypnotic mind control. It was inconceivable to the average person that indeed they they have been brainwashed. And so the people are and were absolutely convinced that this world that they live in, um, you know, is like a it's like a Disneyland experience. And Huxley was an insider. He came from a family of insiders. As you know, I talk about it in my book, Greatest Battle and Power from on High. His brother, Julian Huxley, was the founder of transhumanism, one of the founders of UNESCO, which is the United Nations Agency for promoting uh, the curriculum of globalism uh, to all the schools and media, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the Huxleys were very powerful and influential behind the scenes. What Huxley foresaw is coming about now. The the total destruction of the family unit through social engineering, and then the replacement of the family unit with kind of a hyper-sexual immorality where, where men and women are no longer committed to one another as they are in, in Judeo-Christian marriage. But men and women are purely floating around forever as like uh, single individuals and constantly involved in a kind of hypersexual immorality to whose purpose is to occupy their attention whose purpose it is to uh, capture the human mind and so the hero of the book becomes frustrated living in this synthetic artificial drug altering consciousness world he becomes very frustrated and he starts to fall in love with one particular woman that he is involved with, uh, let's just put it this way, in a physical sense. But as time goes on, he's not satisfied with just pursuing 
hollow, sensual pleasures. And so he finds himself, he's not a Christian, but he's, he's moving inevitably into a Christian worldview, and he finds himself desiring a monogamous relationship with this woman, a, a marriage with this woman, uh, an intimacy and a closeness that can only be achieved through God's plan in the Bible of a Judeo-Christian marriage, first demonstrated in the book of Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. And in this book, Brave New World, which is about a futuristic dictatorship, uh, women no longer get pregnant because being pregnant is inconvenient. So babies are artificially fertilized in laboratories, and the woman never really has any contact at all with her baby. The baby is raised in an artificial laboratory, uh, disconnected from anything remotely like the family. But he wants to marry this woman, see, because he's not happy in this brave new world. So what's interesting about this is that the Huxleys were very powerful individuals who designed, mapped out, socially engineered, and planned for this great reset world, which is emerging all around us at lightning speed. They were the facilitators of it. They were the creators of it. They were the designers of it. They belonged to that technocratic elite or technological elite. But as an author, Huxley expresses the, the contradiction that exists in the hearts and minds of billions of people on planet Earth right now, including those people who are very, in many cases, very high up in the social scale. So when, when you peel back the layers of the onion, or peel back the layers of human personalities, of people you know, people you see on TV, etc., etc., because whether they want to admit it or not, and a large percentage of the human race is in a state of consciousness which can only be described as a defiant denial of the existence of the Creator God, capital C, and a defiant denial of the reality of the infinite personal living God of the universe. And as such, in this state of consciousness characterized by a uh, aggressive denial of that which is true. The problem is, even though the social engineers and the totalitarians and the technocratic elite and the scientific elite who are running our world and controlling the minds of the people, even though they have planned to create a matrix-like artificial world in which, right now, even as we speak, they are implementing the technology all across the United States, Europe, and the world. They're implementing the technology. At, at this moment, they're implementing the technology to radically transform people who were once human beings or were born as human beings or have been artificially inseminated in the wombs of women as human beings. They are in the process right now of radically creating a, and implementing a genetic revolution, a DNA revolution, where first they modify human DNA 
to a hybrid mixture of human DNA with non-human DNA, creating a non-human hybrid race, like the non-human hybrid race when the fallen angels and the demons came down to earth, like in the case of the Enochian angels descending upon Mount Hermon and other places on planet Earth, and mating with human women, which produced the, the hybrid genetic offspring that is known as the Rephium or the Nephilim. And these entities, the Rephium and the Nephilim, are a hybrid species. They're, they're a mixture. They're a DNA or genetic mixture between human women, human female DNA, and fallen angel and uh, demon DNA, which, of course, demon and fallen angel human DNA is, is essentially non-human DNA, because once you alter the genetic code, the double helix, once you alter the double helix, the DNA or the genetic code uh, of a human being by procreating and creating a hybrid race, which is an illicit mixture of human DNA with demon or fallen angel DNA, once you corrupt the integrity and purity of human DNA, that genetic offspring, known as the uh, Rephium and the Nephilim, it is no longer classified, and it is no longer, on a scientific basis, it is no longer it can no longer be perceived as human DNA because it's corrupted. Once human, human DNA is corrupted by fallen angel DNA and demon DNA, when a fallen angel or a demon mates with a human female, that corruption of the genetic code and the fact that the human female gives birth to a being, but it is no longer a human being. You cannot go in and corrupt human being DNA and then still call it human being DNA. It is no longer human. And any way you slice it, it is no longer human. God no longer views that creature as a viable human being. And this has massive, massive societal uh, creation consequences. Because the entire Bible is a truthful, scientific, and historical account of how the infinite personal living God of the universe, the biblical God, the Creator, capital C, created all of creation, designed every genetic code that there was. So everything is an expression of its genetic code. The, the animals, the birds, the fish, and so on and so forth. And then God creates the first two human beings to procreate within a, a family structure. Those first two human beings with 100% pure human DNA, because both of them, Adam and Eve, were made in the image of God. And in the image of God, he created them, Adam and Eve, both male and female. So, God's creation centers and focuses around God's highest priority. And we need to be very clear about this, 
We need to understand this. We need to be able to communicate this to other people. And we need to know the truth. And we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. A shallow understanding of this dynamic produces a kind of corrupted and weakened Christian that deprives him or herself ultimately of the knowledge of God, which imparts power and corruption in the understanding of what the Bible says about this also deprives human believers not only of the opportunity to be saved by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses us of all sin, and then through the Spirit of God, because we are human beings, we can, we have the opportunity to be regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit and made into new creatures, new creatures in Christ Jesus, eternal human beings that will live eternally with God in heaven forever and ever and ever. So we have to understand this now. We are in the last days. And so since the beginning of time, with the, the creation of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the devil, also known as the serpent of old, he seduced first Eve and then Adam by tempting them, tempting them. Now remember, fallen angels and demons cannot inhabit the physical earth world reality unless they have a viable host body. So whenever you read an account of Nephilim or Rephium, which are hybrid human DNA mixed with demon DNA, or whenever you read an account of a demon working through a human being, the demon or fallen angel must first possess or inhabit the human being or the fish or the bird or the snake or, or whatever living species it can get a hold of. That's why when you see the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, he was constantly casting demons out of people. And when he cast, the, when he cast demons out of people, they screamed at Jesus for mercy. In one particular case, this one man had a legion, which means a large number of demons possessing him. And, and as Jesus was beginning to cast out this legion of demons, the demons were shrieking and begging Jesus to not just cast them out of this demon-possessed man. And Jesus was intending to send all these demons out into the dry places. The dry places refers to not only the desert remote location areas, but more importantly, the dry places refers to that part of our physical earth world reality, which is devoid of the Spirit of God, which is empty of, of the presence of the Lord. And thus it becomes a dry place, an empty place. And demons feel comfortable, although they must have a host body, that they can at least tolerate to whatever degree the dry places or the empty places. But for them to really do anything in the earth realm, they need to possess another living being, whether it's a human being or a fish or a pig or whatever. 
So the demons, this multiplicity of demons, begged Jesus to cast all the demons into a bay of pigs. And then Jesus did that. I don't know why he did it, but he did it. Probably he wanted to demonstrate something, which is the reality of the demonic and his authority over it. So Jesus cast the demons out of this man. And then all of a sudden, all these demons possess a bay of pigs. And once the demons possess this bay of pigs, it causes the pigs to go insane. And then the pigs run and drown themselves in, in the river or, or the water that was there. All these pigs are now dead with their bodies floating to the surface because the demons that possessed them drove the pigs to drown themselves. So when we go back to the Garden of Eden, and it is essentially Lucifer, the fallen angel, or Satan, the fallen angel and father of lies, who, who is attempting to seduce Eve. But Satan or Lucifer cannot go directly to Adam and Eve in the physical world reality. Satan or Lucifer can't just interact freely with Adam and Eve. Satan or Lucifer must first possess or indwell a host body. And so Satan or Lucifer, he does indwell a host body. Satan or Lucifer indwells the body of the serpent being of old that lived in the garden. Now, the serpent being of old is an erect uh, serpent like being that has far more agility, far more powers than, than a regular snake that just slithers on the ground. The serpent of old is an erect reptilian being that has many capacities and in a, in a somewhat grotesque lizard-like way it can walk and move its arms and, and do a number of things that make it look in a grotesque sense somewhat human. So when the serpent of old with Satan speaking to it deceives Eve and then Adam it triggers the fall of man, and the death force enters the human race. And God not only curses Adam and Eve, but at the same time, God judges and curses Satan or Lucifer, known as the serpent of old. The serpent of old receives a severe judgment from God for seducing Eve and Adam and, and tempting them to initiate what is known as the fall of man. Okay, we're going to expose the deeper secrets of that in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us on Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Paul McGuire. So when we examine the book of Genesis, we see a great secret revealed, which applies to the time that we live in. And many people don't understand this. So God. Uh, curses Adam and Eve for rejecting his word, and God also curses the serpent of old, or Satan. So, uh, in, in the book of Genesis, it says, starting at um, verse 14, it says, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So God is inquiring of Eve, well, like, what happened? Why did you eat the forbidden fruit? The woman, Eve, said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. 
So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And her seed is, is uh, it says your seed, Satan's seed, and it's spelled with a small s. But when it says, and her seed, referring to Eve's seed, it is spelled with a capital S. He shall bruise your head. And that's the seed with a capital S. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this, this is a powerful statement here. Um, the word head, he shall bruise your head. The word head comes from the Hebrew word rosh. To the serpent, God said, he shall bruise your head, which speaks prophetically of the triumph of Jesus Christ over Satan. The word head refers to the head of the line, what is principal or supreme, first, top, the highest part, summit, beginning, foremost leader and chief, just as the head of a company refers to its chief person. Rosh is used to show headship. Again, in Genesis 3.15, the promise is that the seed of the woman would someday crush the serpent's head. That woman, in particular, would play a part in undoing the effects of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. The seed, capital S, Jesus Christ, has trampled on Satan at the cross and redeemed the human race, and the redeemed human race will eventually triumph over the evil one. And this comes from the word wealth notes that I wrote for Jack Hayford in his uh, Spirit-Filled Life Bible, New King James Version. So, the, 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 the secret meaning here, okay, is that <clears throat> there, there's a genetic DNA component to this, okay? And uh, what, what happened was that um, the serpent of old tempted Eve and then Adam. And uh, that's why they, there, there's no such thing as an erect uh, reptilian serpent being. I mean, people might debate that, but generally speaking, we don't see erect reptilian serpent beings, which is what Satan looked like in the garden before he was cursed. After Satan was cursed in the Garden of Eden, uh, he went from being an erect reptilian serpent being to the, the you know typical snake, which is that that looks like a garden hose or something, and twists and it could be very thick or thin, and it's a it's like a twisting snake-like object, and it, it, it slides itself on the dirt or the grass or whatever. So that, but, but that, the fact that Satan has to slide himself in the dirt or the grass or whatever is due to the fact that God cursed him and judged him for bringing about the fall of mankind. And so part of that curse was uh, that his position to slither on the ground made him, Satan, lower than every beast of the field, more cursed than all the cattle. And part of that curse from God reads, on your belly you shall go. So the fact that the snake must 
lie on its belly as it slithers around is part of the curse. All the days of your life, and I will put enmity or conflict between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. So this tells us that the woman's seed, capital S, ultimately will be the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman. But the seed of the woman also represents all those men and women that will be born again. And then the Word of God says, He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So, uh, the the curse reduces the serpent of old to the slithering, snake-like being. And uh, it loses its power in one, in one sense in the physical earth dimension. But in the other sense, Satan or Lucifer uh, is a spiritual being, and he is leading a revolution against God. He's, he's the highest-ranking angel. One-third of the fallen angels are following Satan or Lucifer in his, revol- in his revolution against God. And so this entire spiritual warfare that has been going on on planet Earth for thousands of years since the beginning in the Garden of Eden is a warfare between the highest-ranking angel who has many talents and abilities, Satan or Lucifer, the one-third of the angels follow him, known as the fallen angels, and they are waging an all-out war or revolution against God and God's angels and every man and woman who has has chosen to be saved by faith. Now, uh, this is the great battle of the ages spiritually. So. then God says to the woman, it's part of the curse that God put on men, women, and, and Satan. Uh, God says I, to, to the woman Eve, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Um, so, and then, I don't want to get into a whole study of what that means. It, it, it's far... It's far deeper and it's far more wondrous than what you might in, misinterpret it as through a casual reading. Uh, so then God curses Adam. Why? Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, which, which was, he was supposed to heed the voice of the Lord. He heeded the voice of his wife. And have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. So God curses Adam, and this is how he curses Adam. Listen to what God says. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Um, so the point is, you see how Adam is cursed. So, so before the fall of man, you know, well, everything that Adam and Eve needed just came to them. They, they weren't sweating or toiling or slaving or working or, you know, sweating. Adam wasn't going out there, you know, 
working his tail off trying to make a living. Blessing of God supplied everything they needed and more. But that flow of blessing was was interrupted when they disobeyed God and caused the fall of man to occur. Okay, so what does this mean? It means that now the entire human race through Adam and Eve is genetically corrupted. We are all born with the the DNA. uh, We are all born with the authentic DNA of a human being. And therefore, we all have the potential to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ and becoming born again. And we all have the potential, if we are truly 100% genetically born again, we all have the potential of inheriting eternal life by faith if we're 100% human beings in our DNA. Now, those women throughout history and even in our lifetime, those women who have secretly mated with fallen angels or demons, or those women who have given, uh, uh, donated their uh, reproductive capacities secretly to science and have allowed themselves to be impregnated in a laboratory with DNA, which is corrupted, DNA, which represents a hybrid mixture between human-female DNA and fallen angel or demon DNA. And then when that baby is born, that baby is no longer a 100% human being DNA baby, and therefore it cannot, it can never be saved. In the same way, throughout the human race, in the time of Noah, after the time of Noah, up until our present time, uh, often done secretly, women have allowed themselves to be seduced by fallen angels or demons. They have had physical relationships with these fallen angels and demons. And in the process of mating with fallen angels, they give birth to a hybrid, uh, a genetic hybrid race that is part demon, part fallen angel, and part um, human female DNA. And that illicit mixture of, of non-human DNA or demon or fallen angel DNA with human DNA produces, the woman gives birth to a being which is no longer a 100% authentic human being baby. It is genetically corrupted. Its DNA is corrupted. It is a being that is no longer human. So for, as such, it's classified as a non-human being because it's the product of an illicit mixture mixture between non-human fallen angel DNA or demon DNA and human female DNA. When when that mixture comes together and the woman gives birth to this this hybrid mixture, that being is no longer a human being. It's corrupted. And because it's no longer 100% a human being, it cannot be saved. It's impossible for that non-human being to put its faith in Christ, to have its sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, it is impossible for that hybrid being to accept Christ as its Lord and Savior, become born again, and live forever in eternity with Jesus Christ. And it's impossible for that non-human being to, uh, to be born again and live with God forever. It is, it is it's defiled. And remember, God is very emphatic about this. 
from Genesis to Revelation, the promise of salvation is exclusively and only offered by God to to beings that are a hundred percent pure human beings genetically uh, and a hundred percent pure human beings with their DNA. If a human being or a human female allows themselves to mate with a demon or a fallen angel, that integrity of the DNA is totally corrupted, and that that non-human being, which is part of the demon DNA, can never, ever be saved. And so it is a demon. It will die a demon. It's a fallen angel. It will die as a fallen angel. And its eternal destiny is to live in the lake of fire forever and ever, separated from God, the angels, and all those who are the children of God because they're born again. And they have, and these people who are born again, just like Adam and Eve before they fell, they have those 100% authentic human beings genetically. They are made in the image of God, which means they have the, the perfect DNA of God, and thus they can be saved and live forever. And we have to understand that. So this battle, this warfare, it should be no surprise to us that we are in the, the, the time period of the last days. The, this, one of the central focuses of this all-out spiritual warfare between man, the demons, the fallen angels, Lucifer, Satan, the followers or worshipers of, of Lucifer, the satanic elite, the Great Reset, why and how they're waging war, not only against the children of God, and not, not only God, but the angels of God, the children of God, and they're waging war specifically against all those human beings whose DNA is 100% pure human being DNA, because it's only those beings that can be saved, that can be the authentic children of God, and can live forever. So it's not an accident that Satan, his demons, and the people who follow Satan have targeted the children of God, and they're doing everything they can to stamp out and wipe out every single human being whose DNA is 100% human being. Because Satan and the demons know that it is only those human beings with 100% human being DNA, it is only that quantity of human beings that can live forever, become born again, and rule and reign with Jesus Christ in brand new glorified bodies eternally in heaven. So so, So the children of God, that's you and I, if we're born again, we, our very existence as 100% genetically human being DNA, our very presence on earth and our existence in heaven represents a massive threat to the powers of darkness, the fallen angels, the demons, Satan, and all the followers of Satan. So now you can understand the dynamics of the warfare. These people who call themselves transhumanists, their goal is to use human science, occult science and technology, manufacture through artificial DNA an entirely new non-human race of beings that have no authentic human DNA or no authentic human genetics. And they want to create and build through science and technology an artificial hybrid race that is a combination of 
fallen angel DNA, demon DNA, uh, man's technology, ge genetically modified human beings who, who will self-evolve and assume the shape and form of things like robots, cyborgs, androids, clones, and what all of these entities have in common, and Satan knows this, all of these entities have in common the fact that in, in their inner entity, whether they're a robot, android, uh, a clone, or synthetic human being known as a synth, S-Y-N-T-H, uh, all of these non-human genetic entities have a massive void inside them. There is no spirit of God. There is no DNA or, or genetic code that indicates they were ever created in the image of God. They represent a living void, a living emptiness, a living soullessness. And as such, they become the slaves of Satan, the globalist elite, the fallen angels, and the demons. And they are programmed with artificial intelligence. Remember, artificial intelligence has a massive defect in it. Artificial intelligence possesses a massive flaw in its design. And this is the nature of the massive flaw in the design of artificially intelligent robots, clones, uh, androids, etc., etc. The massive flaw is that, and they don't know the massive flaw exists because they're blinded by their pride, but the massive flaw is that they can only self-evolve or acquire intelligence up to a very finite or a very limited point. In other words, despite all the science fiction novels and the writings and the boasting from transhumanists, which keep trying to scare the human race into believing falsely that artificial intelligence will self-evolve and eventually through a process called the singularity, artificially intelligent computers through the singularity and robots, etc., will self-evolve and surpass men and women in their intelligence, and eventually they will, the artificially intelligent beings, the products of transhumanism, uh, they will become the new race of artificial and synthetic godmen or godwomen who have no soul, uh, no spirit of God in them whatsoever, and Although the transhumanists boast that they're, they're going to keep growing in intelligence in, in kind of an infinite upward spiral where they just eternally become smarter and smarter and smarter and keep self-evolving and becoming more powerful and more powerful and more powerful. That is the delusion that they're trying to scare into the human race. But only those people that have rejected knowledge and have deprived themselves of power, will be seduced by that great delusion, that great falsehood. Because if you access the mind of Christ, which God put in you, because you are made in the image of God, and your genetic code, if it's 100% human being, and your DNA, if it's 100% human being, the fact that you were created genetically in the image of God, you possess an enormous spectrum of godlike qualities. It doesn't mean that you are God. 
but it means that you were created in the image of God, and you have the capacity because of that, you have the potential because of that, of as you move into eternity for your brand new glorified body, you have the potential of becoming a son or daughter of God in the fullest sense of the word. Now, the, the modern body of Christ, because of its legalistic approach to interpreting the Bible, and because it often interprets the Bible through the eyes of secularism and transhumanism, it often interprets the, the deeper truths of the Bible through a kind of theological higher criticism. Because of, of that failure in interpreting Scripture accurately and rightly dividing the Word of God, unfortunately, much of the body of Christ on the earth today sees the potential of what every child of God, both male and female, can be through a, a limited lens, a finite lens. So, so when appraising the full potential of human beings created in the image of God, there, there is a tendency due to man's fallen human nature to appraise or perceive man as less than what he or she is in their totality. Remember, we were created in the image of God, both male and female. The one who created us was the Creator, capital C. The Creator is also known as the infinite, that means without end, the infinite personal living God of the universe. So you and I and every true child of God that is born with 100% pure human DNA, we were made in the image of the infinite personal living God of the universe. That means that our capacity, like the capacity of our Creator, our capacity and our potential is infinite. And it's infinite because we are the direct creation of the Creator, capital C, and our potential has the ability to infinitely, without end, expand, grow, and become uh, infinitely all that God created us to be. And we just get a beginning glimpse of just how amazing, just how awesome, just how mind-blowing and beautiful and wondrous and dazzling all of this is. We just get a glimpse of it in the book of Revelation when we read throughout the Bible also that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, you know, the wondrous, infinite, incredible future and creation that awaits every true child of God. It's beyond our ability to conceive or conceptualize. So, we are literally the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we inherit, this is so important to grasp the fullness of this, we inherit supernaturally through the blood of Jesus Christ, through being born again, by putting our faith in Christ, we become joint heirs with Jesus. And as joint heirs with Jesus, we inherit, just like, like Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and his inheritance from God is infinite. Well, because we're made in the image of God and we're joint heirs with Jesus, our inheritance is infinite. And we are predestined to rule and reign creation, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, the new earth, 
all of creation in terms of its infinity. We're destined to rule and reign all of it, just like Jesus Christ is destined to rule and reign all of it. And not only that, we are predestined to receive the incredible infinite spiritual authority as kings and queens, as as servant priests and servant priestesses of the Most High God, Jesus Christ. And there are thrones in heaven right now, and heaven is in a different dimension. It's in the spiritual dimension. So right now in the spiritual dimension, there are thrones designed and created by God specifically for each one of us as individuals. And every one of these thrones has our own personal name written on it. And we will rule and reign with Christ for all eternity as we are seated upon these thrones of kingship and queenship and authority. What does this mean? It means that what God has died to give us in Christ Jesus, the, the, the inheritance that we are guaranteed to receive in Christ Jesus, is infinitely so far beyond anything anyone can imagine or think. And that if you try to compare the devil's cheap counterfeit imitation of heaven, which would be uh, a artificial reality heaven, or a matrix heaven, or a synthetic reality heaven, or a world brain heaven, or a genetically modified soulless android or clone or robot, all of that is such low level, counterfeit, cheap, and poverty in the greater scheme of greater scheme of things, all of that represents the cheapest, most insulting counterfeit of our destiny in Christ Jesus and the, the infinite reality of heaven in Christ Jesus. What God has designed us for is beyond anything that Satan and the demons, the fallen angels, the androids, the artificial intelligence robots, the genetically modified human beings. It is vastly beyond anything that Satan or Lucifer or his fallen angels could counterfeit manufacture, including those that follow him. They are going to weep and sob and convulse in pain for all eternity as the knowledge and realization of the fact that they have been locked out of paradise and locked out of eternity, and their inheritance is a ripoff, cheap inheritance that nobody with any right mind in them would ever want to live. So you've got to understand that, in one sense, because they chose to, to receive and believe the great deception, the great delusion, instead of the truth that Jesus Christ offers, the followers of Satan have chosen to believe the great deception, the great illusion. And because they have believed the delusion and the illusion, they are blinded in their deception. And so this entire great reset is this, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a antichrist dictatorship that is so putrid and so ugly and so horrific in every one of its capacities that that those who chose to follow Satan, those who chose to allow their DNA and genetic code to be altered so they could fit into this counterfeit heaven and this counterfeit paradise, 
all those human beings who chose to reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then chose to to receive the mark of the beast from the uh, false prophet and the Antichrist. They chose to receive a nanobot, a, a DNA chip, some kind of counterfeit of the Spirit of God. And yes, they're linked up to each other through AI and satellites and nanotechnology and, and wireless uh, transmission, and they're connected to the, the, the ghetto-like world brain. Uh, all of these people will discover, they will have a collective shock and awe in terms of the rudest awakening any man or woman could ever have. There are going to be billions of, planet, billions of people on planet Earth since the beginning, and now during the time known as the last days. There are going to be billions of people who made the choice to reject the promises of God for salvation and eternal life. They chose to reject the promises of God, and they traded in the glorious promises of God for the most cheap, pathetic imitation of heaven and eternal life. And their reward. See, look, what happened to Adam and Eve? They rejected the word of God. God said to them, God warned them that if you reject the word of God, you're going to be under a curse. And the death force will come into you, and you'll be under a curse, both you, Eve, Adam, and the serpent of old. Now, Eve and Adam ignored the warning of God, and so they chose to reject God's commandments. They chose to reject the word of God, and instead they believed the lies of the devil or the serpent of old, who lied to them and told them that if they disobeyed God's word and ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, they would become like gods. They would become the gods of this world. They already were in Christ the gods of this world. So they rejected the word of God, and a curse came upon them, and the death force came upon them. Now, that curse was immediately punitive. The serpent of old had to slither on the ground on his belly. Adam had to work like a slave, sweating to and toiling to make a living. Eve, when she was pregnant, would give birth in agony, and she would toil, and there was enmity or constant arguments and strife between her and uh, Adam. So we see what happened immediately because Adam and Eve and the serpent of old chose to reject the word of God. What happened was they lost paradise. They lost eternal life. They lost the wonders and the glories of paradise or the Garden of Eden. This same process is being repeated today by, by those in the human race who, like Adam and Eve, there are those in the human race that are choosing specifically to reject the Word of God, to disobey the Word of God, and to choose to receive the mark of the beast or the nanobot implant or the DNA implant. They're going to choose to worship the Antichrist as God. They're going to reject Jesus Christ as God, and they're going to reject Jesus Christ's salvation. Instead, they're going to believe the delusion and the lie. And when they believe the delusion and the lie, and they reject Christ's salvation in Jesus Christ, and then they choose to worship Satan, they will live in, under a curse that will last forever. 
and they will live in a world that is the product of that curse. And it will be so painful and so horrible that that world, which is the product of the curse, the name of that world is hell. So you see, the history repeats itself. And so all these followers of Lucifer, the globalist elite, the satanic elite, are, are madly racing. They think they're creating a world that will install them as the permanent gods of this world. They think they're creating a world in which they're going to receive eternal life through the technology and sciences of humanism and genetic modification and artificial intelligence. All of those are the lies of Satan. They will not be the gods of this world. They will not have legitimate eternal life. They will find that this world that they are, think they're going to rule over, there will be a momentary delusion, a momentary euphoria when the satanic elite and the globalist elite think that they're going to be the gods of this world and they're partying and fornicating with mystery Babylon and they think happy days are here again. But that will only last for a very brief moment. And then with, with a sound that breaks open the heavens, as they're waging the war of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo, they will see, they, all those that rebelled against Christ, they will see that this Christ that they rebelled against is indeed King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And they will look up to the heavens, and with massive flashes of light, they will see the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, riding a white horse descending from heaven to earth. And along with him, along with Jesus Christ riding the white horse, there will be thousands of men and women who are saved, who are part of the armies of God, including the angelic armies, who are following Jesus Christ. And they are also uh, riding white horses. And following Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords, they will descend on the valley of Megiddo, where earth's final battle, Armageddon, is being waged. And in a short period of time, Satan will be destroyed, the false prophet, the Antichrist, all those who receive the mark of the beast, and every nation that decided to follow Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet, they will all be cursed, and all of these rebels, including their leader Satan, will be cast into the lake of fire, and eventually they will be judged and sent permanently into the lake of fire. They will not be allowed in heaven at all. and. All those that, that thought they were going to be installed as gods and have eternal life, etc., they will discover that all of that consisted of total lies from Satan, that they were lied to, that they were deceived, that the great apostasy blinded them. They will come to the most agonizing realization that will cause their human bodies to convulse with emotional and psychological pain their eyeballs literally bulging out of their eyes as the realization dawns upon them that through their pride and through their spiritual rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ, that Satan lied to them. He lied every inch of the way, and they are gods of nothing. They, they have become collectively, to use an ancient expression, all the followers of Satan on the earth who thought they would be gods, instead they have become the Lord of the Flies. And the Lord of the Flies is a 
reference in a book and a reference in history. The Lord of the Flies is another name for Satan, because the Lord of the Flies refers to Satan as a being who is basically the same thing as human poop, but it would be used far more graphically. The Lord of the Flies is a word that begins with S. The synonym for it is poop. He's the Lord of the poop. So Satan is Lord of the poop, and, and poop attracts flies, disgusting, germy, scummy flies. So all these people who followed Satan are not ruling kingdoms. They're not the gods of this world. Their, their deception will be revealed to them, and they will discover that, that they, are Lord of the, they are serving the Lord of the flies, and they've been totally betrayed. Now, God is a righteous God, and we don't have time to get into it right at this exact moment, but God is literally going to, in total righteousness, he's going to pulverize, eradicate, and decimate every rebellious fallen angel, every demon, every human being, every member of the globalist elite and the satanic elite and their secret societies. He's going to send his, his armies, the armies of heaven, the angels, and his children to arrest them and sentence them into eternal cosmic prisons where they will be locked up in God's supermax forever and ever and ever. Okay, this is just part of it. We're going to expose the, 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 the final end game. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I need your help in spreading this message. I need you to ask God what you can do in terms of donations and contributions, and then obey God no matter what he tells you to do. I need you to be a prayer warrior, and I need you to join with me in overturning and defeating a, a vast form of lies known as the rigging game in social media. I need your help. Stand with me. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Okay, I want to do a little wrap-up here so that you, uh, to help you grasp the enormity of the problem in terms of the widespread use of technology, specifically the advent and usage of electromagnetic frequency, EMF frequency technology. This began in the 1940s. Um, it has taken off in recent days with the advent of 5G, and what's also coming up is 6G. Uh, what people have to understand is that EMF frequencies in 5G, they were originally designed and built as weapons. They were not originally designed and built as supplementary communication systems. In other words, the real purpose behind 5G is not to enhance your download speed your internet surfing speed, your usage of search engines, and your, your interfacing with uh, search engines like Google or whoever. That's not the primary purpose of 5G. The primary purpose of 5G originally was weaponization. Look at the videos of the military, freely available for you to, to check it out, and I have detailed explanations of all this in my books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, Power from on High. Uh, the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, and my other books available to you at a whopping discount right now at paulmcguire.us, where I explain these things and how they began. So let's just go, let's flash in reverse. Instead of flashing forward, let's flash backwards to, well, let's go to 1926. We did this the other day. 1926, the Vril Yah Maidens. These are high-level occultic maidens who were 
high-level members of the Nazi secret occult society known as the Vril Society. The Vrilya Maidens were clairvoyants, and among other things, they claimed to have channeled highly sophisticated, highly advanced, futuristic science fiction-like science and technologies. So in 1926, in a cafe in Vienna, and I go into detail about this in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2. In 1926, high-level Nazi scientists, high-level would-be Nazi uh, 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 generals, because the Nazi party had not formed uh, fully yet, but, but the Nazi philosophy and the occult secret societies, yes, it did, it, it had formed. So the Vril Society and the Thule Society were two of the most prominent secret occult German societies. So the Vril Yamaids used their psychic or clairvoyant powers to download uh, off-world. Now, by off-world, there's a debate as to whether or not is this in reference to uh, uh, extraterrestrial ET technology, fallen angel technology. Many people think it is. Or is it in reference to, when they say off-world technology, is it in reference to extraterrestrial science fiction-like technology and sciences? I believe, based on a biblical worldview, that the more accurate choice is this off-world technology that the Nazis accessed and super-civilizations were accessing on planet Earth over the last several thousand years. I believe that these off-world technologies, that the, the source of the science fiction-like technologies, the source of the science fiction-like weaponry and inventions and sciences and so on and so forth, the source of it wasn't necessarily extraterrestrial in the conventional sense of the word, like a Steven Spielberg movie. You know, It was more extraterrestrial. In other words, it was highly advanced science fiction-like futuristic technology and sciences that were given to mankind by visitors from another world. But these visitors from another world uh, did not come from other planets like Mars or whatever. Perhaps more accurately, they came from other dimensions. So they would be interdimensional beings flying craft, off-world craft. And notice the word craft. Just isolate that word for a moment. When we're talking about UFOs and their design and their technology, and we refer to them as off-world crafts, one immediately thinks of the terminology of witchcraft. So uh, off-planet technology, craft, we think of witchcraft and technology, or Satanism and technology. Uh, the operative word is craft. Now, um, in addition to that, these highly advanced intelligent beings appear according to Scripture, and the extra book of the Bible, the Book of Enoch, they appear to have developed, developed, learned, invented highly advanced futuristic technologies and sciences um, that came from another world, but not another world in, in, in the sense of a planet, another world in the sense of uh, another dimension. So mankind, in the, in the beginning, mankind was aware of and researching 
the hypothesis that uh, planet Earth was essentially seeded by an extraterrestrial race that had visited planet Earth through UFO or spacecraft, operative word is spacecraft, craft, like witchcraft, off-world technology, like spacecraft. But when you when you refine that idea and and bring it under like micro focus, one comes up with the logical conclusion that perhaps these beings, these entities, were not uh, extraterrestrials from another planet, but in fact they were fallen angels from another dimension or demons from another dimension. So that would give us a, a new paradigm, a reframing, a deeper understanding of, of the biblical teaching of Satan or Lucifer. Satan or Lucifer, according to the Bible, is a highly intelligent fallen angel who possessed an, an incredible range of scientific knowledge, art, creativity, economics. His, his mental span of, of knowledge was staggering. He was godlike in many ways. So Satan um, wanted to be God. That was the corruptness in his nature. He had a fallen nature. He wanted to be God. And so he led and organized a revolution in the invisible realm. So this would be an off-world revolution in the invisible realm. And a synonym for the invisible realm would be the spiritual dimension or the uh, uh, dimension where angels and demons exist, live, and operate. So Satan uh, led a revolution against God because he wants to be God, a coup d'etat against God. <clears throat> and Satan and his armies of fallen angels and his armies of demons who possessed and created and developed highly advanced futuristic technologies, they began to descend or, or move across our multidimensional reality and move from one dimensional reality into another dimensional reality. At one time, scientists, especially Western scientists, were locked into the idea that, that there were only the, the only dimensions of reality that were valid were the dimensions of reality that could be perceived by our physical sense reality, like touch, taste, smell. So anything you could perceive with your physical senses was considered an authentic and valid reality. If you couldn't perceive it with your physical senses, it was not considered an authentic and valid reality. So scientists kept pressing into this, and they came up with uh, discoveries in what was called quantum physics, quantum mechanics, scalar technology, and multidimensional physics and multidimensional sciences. And in that thesis, uh, science rejected the idea that the only dimensions that were valid were the dimensions we could explore or experience via uh, our physical senses. The, the new expanded definition of reality or multidimensional reality a la quantum physics, stated that uh, our physical reality world was not limited to just the physical real-world senses. It was, in a sense, unlimited and possessed at least 11 to 13 
entirely different dimensions. And many of these dimensions were dimensions that were beyond space and time or beyond the physical reality limitations. So the fallen angels, uh, along with the demons, they possessed a phenomenal high level of understanding of physics and technology and genetics and DNA and all kinds of advanced scientific knowledge. And they descended on Mount Hermon, uh, which is located near where Phoenicia is located. And I go all I go into this in great depth, but fast moving, easy to understand style in my books like uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume One and Two, The Day uh, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, <clears throat> The Day the Dollar Died, Are You Ready? Uh Power from on high and my other books, all available at paulmcguire.us. So what happened was uh, Nikola Tesla and many other scientists discovered the reality that reality is consists of multidimensional reality. So when they landed on Mount Hermon, the fallen angels and the demons uh, were uh, physically and sexually attracted to human females. And so they mated with human females, which was forbidden by God because it created a hybrid species. A hybrid species is, is an unlawful mixture between fallen angel and demon DNA and human female DNA. And so the fallen angels and the demons mated with human women and produced the illicit offspring uh, hybrid uh, species known as the Nephilim and the Rephium. And when they landed on Mount Hermon, these were the Enochian angels, which we read about, and I open up for you in my book, Power from on High. These Enochian angels, which comes right out of the book of Enoch, they, 200 of them, landed on Mount Hermon and mated with human women. And human women then reproduced and gave birth to large numbers of uh, hybrid, genetically hybrid species. That was a mixture of human female DNA and uh, a mixture of fallen angel DNA. Now, these creatures, the Nephilim and the Rephium, they possessed a, a, a supernatural, superhuman body of highly advanced knowledge and highly advanced understanding of science and technology and genetics and physics and, and a wide spectrum of advanced science fiction like knowledge. So when they landed on Mount Hermon, they gave to mankind all this advanced technology and science and genetics. They, they gave to mankind uh, a huge amount of highly advanced technology and sciences, everything from genetics to, to spacecraft and flying craft to missiles to genetic engineering to uh, uh, poisons to, to how to teach women to enhance their physical attractiveness and their sexual attractiveness through uh, uh, makeup, but not just ordinary makeup, makeup that was designed and came from organic substances that these organic substances super enhanced the beauty of women. But it also provided these, these substances that were organic, they provided human women with access to, let's call it makeup technology, which uh, caused them to look younger, to reverse the aging process, 
to uh, implement longevity and longevity and manipulate human DNA so that women and men could achieve their maximum uh, creative uh, DNA expression. So this is pretty heavy stuff. And these fallen angels gave mankind the, the, the source of the ancient super civilization weapons of the legendary Atlantis, of the legendary uh, island of Thule, uh, of the legendary island of Vril, of the legendary uh, super civilization under the deep under the ice of Antarctica. Um, all of these were given to mankind by uh, these advanced super civilizations. The advanced super civilizations have left over highly advanced architectural structures like giant pyramids, uh, giant walls. Uh, they, they levitated through uh, sound waves, massive, heavy structures like pyramids and other structures. The pyramids were built with this technology. Medicine was built through this technology. When you examine the archaeological relics and the, the, the remains and statues and massive buildings and massive temples of, of what was left behind by the super civilizations, giant statues of Buddha, giant temples uh, that were lined up uh, in, in, uh, lined up in terms of energetics and the, the power of, of the sun, etc. Now, whenever you see the relics of super-civilizations, then you understand that along with the relics of super-civilizations, there must have been the existence and exploitation of highly advanced scientific, technological, and scientific knowledge. So, the Mystery Babylon cult tapped into this. Uh, the, the Atlantis, if it did exist, tapped into this. Uh, all these futuristic civilizations, the Incans, the Mayans, the kings and queens of Europe, who, through their uh, scientists like Sir John Dee and Sir Francis Bacon, communicated to the Enochian angels by learning the Enochian angelic language and inventing and replicating the Enochian angel technology and sciences. It's pretty heady stuff. So in 1926, when the Nazi generals and the Nazi scientists visited the Vril Yah Maidens. The Vril Yah Maidens gave to the Nazi scientists page after page of highly sophisticated scientific and technological blueprints, which showed the Nazis and the Nazi scientists, it showed them how to build advanced UFO technology. It showed the Nazi generals how to build and construct reverse engineering technology, time travel technology. Um, interdimensional craft technology, uh, scalar wave directed energy beam weapon technology, uh, and a whole plethora of highly advanced technologies, including the harnessing and utilization of ancient super civilization technology known as the Vril Force. And the Vril Force was this, it was a combination of a very powerful occultic as well as scientific and technological, almost supernatural power source. It, it could function as a weapon as it fired its laser beam-like rays, which were green. 
it was the equivalent of getting hit by a nuclear weapon. The real technology, when I was up in uh, living in Laurel Canyon, by, by mysterious coincidence and the providence of God, I was writing my first books there, exposing the New Age movement. I didn't know it at the time when I first moved up on Lookout Mountain. At the time, I did not know what I know now. So I discovered things while living there that caused me to take, if you will, a quantum leap in my understanding of advanced science and technology. So as it turns out, I, I lived there. I was the executive producer of a science fiction film called Wired to Kill. And I lived up in Laurel Canyon and Lookout Mountain uh, around 1986. And walking around and hiking, I discovered in a, in a large hidden valley, I saw what looked like this hidden structure that I thought was the, the compound of some high-tech super guru. And what it really was, it, it was a very abstract, strange-looking uh, archaeological set of buildings that were built in the, the, the late 1930s and, and the early 1940s. And these buildings and structures had towers on them as if they were towers in, in an airport. And the original name of this structure, which was hidden away, and I mysteriously found it, was the Lookout Mountain Avenue Laboratory. And the Lookout Mountain Avenue Laboratory was a highly advanced technological lookout station developed by uh, naval intelligence and the U.S. military to, to, to look and see if L.A. was being attacked by either the Nazis, the Germans, or uh, if we were being attacked by UFOs, which allegedly happened and the Los Angeles Times covered it in a cover story known as the Battle for Los Angeles, where it was alleged that UFOs attacked L.A. But it was also alleged that that area, the exact area and the houses uh, all around me were populated by the most famous rock and roll stars, movie stars, the most famous counterculture leaders of the time. So people like Jim Morrison of the Doors, the Mamas and the Papas, uh, and on and on and on. They all lived there. Dr. Timothy Leary, the LSD guru, lived there. Uh, uh, the author of Brave New World, Alice Huxley, lived there. And what I did, But I didn't know this until oh, 15 to 20 years after I moved out of there. Talk about God and, and synchronicity intersecting. I talk all about this in, unve in unveiled terms in my book, Power From On High. So what I discovered, and I'm just going to cut to the chase, I discovered that by researching and investigating and doing deep dive research uh, on certain individuals, that the actual biographical content of the lives of certain individuals functioned for me as if I had discovered a portal through time and as if I had discovered a portal which allowed me to access very secretive, very high-level knowledge that I normally would not have been able to access. So when I lived up at Lookout Mountain Avenue, at the, I get to, to, yes, I discovered the Lookout Mountain Avenue Laboratory, uh, which it was alleged that this was also a laboratory for MK Ultra Mind Control and the movie industry. That I discovered while I was living there. 
And then towards the end of the time that I lived there, I discovered that, you know, hundreds of major rock and roll stars, the entire West Coast rock and roll scene, they were all living up in Laurel Canyon and Lookout Mountain Avenue. And Dr. Timothy Leary, the LSD guru, was living up near where I live. And then just a couple of blocks away from my house, in an earlier generation, uh, the, the author of Brave New World and Heaven and Hell and the Doors Perception lived there, Aldous Huxley. And uh, it was like traveling through time living up there. And, I, and then if you walked from my house a very short distance, just a couple of houses up the road, you would run into a house, which at that time I didn't understand the significance of the house. The significance of this house I only understood about 15 years after I moved out of that area. And what I discovered was that the, the, the great science fiction authors from the golden age of science fiction, men like L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, men like Robert Heinlein, author of Stranger in a Strange Land, men like Isaac Asimov, who wrote I, Robot, and uh, men like Dr. Willie Lee, or Willie Lay, L-E-Y, who was the world's foremost ex-Nazi scientist and the world's foremost expert on the Vril Force, V-R-I-L. So I had discovered a secret deposit of, of secret knowledge and secret history, because all of these guys were secretly hanging out and networking uh, at Robert Heinlein and his wife's house, uh, starting in, in around 1947 into the 50s. And they were part of a secret military program sponsored by the Office of Naval Intelligence. And this Office, uh, office of Naval Intelligence secret program was the gathered together all of the out-of-the-box thinkers, the great science fiction writers like uh, uh, Isaac Asimov and Robert Heinlein and L. Ron Hubbard and others. They were all secretly meeting at Robert Hein and living at Robert Heinlein's house, just a couple of houses up the street from me, where they where they developed advanced out of the box strategies for futuristic warfare, futuristic technology, and futuristic scientific technological battle plans for wars of the future. They were a secret clandestine think tank, literally located just a couple of houses up the street from me. And uh, I didn't know it at the time. And when you read what these guys were into, it's just like mind-blowing. In addition, Robert Heinlein allegedly gave orders to uh, L. Ron Hubbard, because they were all working for the Office of Naval Intelligence. Heinlein allegedly gave orders to L. Ron Hubbard to, to invade the uh, Aleister Crowley cult, headed up by uh, the rocket propulsion scientists. Parsons. Parsons was like a millionaire renegade, but he was also a Satanist and, and the head of OTO, Aleister Crowley's cult. And so uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, especially because many of the scientists that were involved in this cult happened to be physicists and scientists who were also, one way or another, involved in the race for developing the atomic bomb. So there's, a, there's an entire different layer to that Oppenheimer movie, which is about Robert Oppenheimer and the race for the atomic bomb that most people are unaware of. 
And I, I expose it in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, Power from on High, and The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. You need to get the book because it, it unlocks a secret history of America. So L. Ron Hubbard uh, penetrates, uh, allegedly as an agent for the Office of uh, Naval Intelligence, he penetrates the OTO, or Aleister Crowley cult, in Pasadena. Parsons, Jack Parsons, is the head of it. He's the head of the cult, and he's also the head of the uh, independent scientists' rocket fuel program. And they are being secretly financed in a race to build a viable uh, rocket that will compete with and beat uh, Adolf Hitler's B-2 rockets. And I go into a whole bunch of research revolving that because the Lord gave me only what I could call uh, a supernatural download of understanding into many things that I could never have understood simply by accessing my everyday rational, logical mind, which has its place and purpose. But, you know, there are people in the New Age and the military, etc., and even in cults, who, who practice remote viewing. It gives them, uh, in a sense, supernatural intelligence. Well, a true Christian, walking by the power of the Holy Spirit, and who exercises the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I do. Remember, I don't call myself a prophet, but I do exercise the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so God will give you supernatural understanding and insight, just like he gave Daniel supernatural understanding and insight, just like he gave Joseph, Joseph supernatural understanding and insight. And so, unfortunately, our military and many of the power centers of our world are biased against the biblical God and the Christian God. And in their prejudice and bias against the Christian God, they discount, they reject super intelligence or super intelligent downloads from the infinite personal living God of the universe. Because there are powers available to true Christians through the, the Word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that when you access them by faith, they are vastly more powerful. Uh, they are vastly more powerful than uh, non-traditional military technologies like remote viewing, psychic power, and things of that nature. Those things work. Remote viewing, psychic power, and, and those technologies, they work. They work for the Russians, they work for the Germans, they work for the U.S. military. But one needs to remember that when you study history, which I have, and many of you have, when you study history deeply and, and you do it without bias and you passionately seek after the truth, you will discover that a man or woman of God who is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ by faith and who allows the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth, to dwell in them, that that person has the potential and that person has the capacity of accessing information on a supernatural level that far transcends ESP or psychic power. 
In other words, the same supernatural power that was available to Joshua and Caleb, to Daniel and Joseph, um, and other great men and women in the Bible, that same supernatural revelation power is available to those people who can be called God's children in that they're born again by faith in Jesus Christ. Those people who are God's children, God often will download those people with the supernatural power of God, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they can then effectively see the unseen and effectively see into other dimensions. And if God is placed first, the biblical God, and the biblical God is worshipped, then that person has access to a vastly superior power. And why is that so? Well, it's very simple. The reason that that person can access a vastly superior power on a supernatural level that's viable, measurable, and scientifically uh, can be, can be uh, scrutinized scientifically, the reason that awesome power is available to God's people throughout thousands of years to both the Jews and to both certain kinds of Christians is because of the nature of the power source. So it's really simple. You pick the greatest power source. And so how do you know what the greatest power source is? Well, that power source will identify itself to you by revealing its stature and revealing its level of performance and by revealing where it is in the hierarchy of spiritually powerful things. In addition, that power is not a non-personal energy force like the Vril force or whatever. That power, that, that supernatural power that has no equal, is quantified by the fact that this supernatural power, which so many in our military have a bias against, this supernatural power is quantifiable because this supernatural power is a person, capital P. And it's not just a person, it is a divine person, God. And God, in the written word of God, the Bible, identifies himself, his ranking, the level of his power, the level of his supernatural and physical authority. In other words, in the military, you know somebody's power by their rank. Is it a general? Is it a lieutenant? Etc., etc. In the kingdom of God and in the realm of spiritual power and supernatural power, those people who possess the greatest power are identified by the Word of God or the Bible, or they can self-identify themselves if they do so in a biblical environment which demands checks and balances, so you, so you know it's not just somebody's ego trip or delusion you're dealing with. So the way that works is Jesus Christ is identified as the most powerful being in the universe. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Therefore, his ranking and the level of his power should be self-explanatory. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Then, Jesus Christ is described as God Almighty. That means there is no other God, Lucifer, Buddha, whatever you want to call it. There is no other God in creation or in any dimension that is equivalent to God Almighty. God Almighty means that this God is above and beyond in stature any other God. 
this God is the supreme being. Therefore, he's called the supreme being. Supreme means above any other being. He's the supreme being. He's God Almighty. Almighty God. Almighty means there's nobody close to him in might. And he proves the fact that he alone is God. He proves it definitively by doing things that no other so-called God has ever done. First and foremost, it is only Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, that performed all those supernatural miracles in front of so many witnesses. And it is only Jesus Christ, as King of kings and Lord of lords, who actually proved his divinity. And no other person or so-called God or so-called guru in the entirety of human history did what Jesus Christ did uniquely. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, uniquely, after he was crucified and died, Jesus Christ uniquely resurrected from the dead by the supernatural power of God. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And then after resurrecting from the dead, Jesus Christ ascended into heaven along with the angels. And Jesus Christ announced to his disciples that he was going to return again in the same manner that he ascended into heaven. And Jesus Christ announced to us that he was going to return again in the last days in a supernatural event known as the second coming of Jesus Christ. Where he, where he prophesies, Jesus Christ prophesies that he will return to the earth with the armies of heaven. He will defeat Lucifer, Satan, the fallen angels. He will defeat all those who worship the Antichrist and, and the world system. He will defeat Every entity, fallen angel, demon, everyone who is pretending or trying to be God, Jesus Christ will defeat once and for all at his second coming when he comes to the earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ at that moment will bring to its knees every army on earth, every national empire, every national technology, every national army, such as the Chinese, the Russians, the United States, the European Union, all of these political, geopolitical, economic, military empires will fall to their knees. The generals, the financiers, the soldiers, they will all fall to their knees, and without, they will not be able to restrain themselves as they fall to their knees. They will confess that Jesus Christ alone is King of kings and Lord of lords. Thus, from a legal, scientific perspective, only Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Only he is almighty. Only he is the one that sits upon the throne room of God in the universe. So Jesus Christ is the only one who has the right to sit upon the throne room of the universe in the center of the kingdom of God. All right, this is Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. Stand with me in spreading this message and spreading the reality of this spiritual power. I need you to stand with me. I'm asking you to ask God how much you can give or donate financially, whatever God tells you to do, whatever God puts on your heart, simply obey the Lord and God will radically bless you for your obedience. Finally, ask God uh, what you can do in terms of specific spiritual warfare and intercessory prayer for me, my family, and anyone associated with this ministry. And I need you to stand with me in prayer and take the practical measures necessary to defeat the criminal rigging and criminal attack of various forms of rigging and technologies and uh, uh, artificial intelligence, 
that is being marshaled against our message. Why are such powerful entities trying to destroy our message? Because the message that God is love, the message that Jesus Christ is Lord, the message that Jesus Christ is returning to the earth again, the totality of that message, which is biblical, is something that the children of this world despise and hate, and they will try to do anything in their power to destroy it. We, were, we are not going to let them do that. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and now we need to step out and exercise the divine authority that Jesus Christ has given us. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMcGuire.us. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.